Hey everybody, Danny here. Welcome back to another episode of Music Lesson Business Academy. I hope you are all doing well. This episode is coming to you from a windy Joshua Tree, California today. Um, the weather kind of finally changed from perfect every day to uh, getting a little cooler. I'm not quite used to this going to be a little colder winter for me, like getting down to 30 at night. I know that's not really cold for... Actually, that's not cold for me either, having grown up in Chicago, but, uh, you know, I've been in California a long time, and my blood is much thinner than it was, so, but uh, enjoying life out here in the desert, making the uh, trip back to Orange County to do events and things with my school about once a lately it's been once a week, but sometimes I go two or three weeks or so without making the trip, but, uh, you know, a couple hour drive down to a band concert or... Do some filming and recording is really actually kind of working out kind of nice because then I still get to visit and do things down in Orange County and, uh, you know, enjoy the things that I like down there and then uh, drive back out here to uh, the desolate desert, which I'm really loving more and more. I'm going to talk a little bit more about the, that maybe later in the show. Um, so what I thought I would do today, kind of wrapping up here. The end of the year, this will be the last episode, I guess, before the New Year's. Got the holidays coming up here. Got a lot of things I got to do around the house before my mom and brother get here to uh, visit. So I thought as part of this wrap-up, I would touch base on just kind of what I'm seeing in the near future for music lessons. You know, these are just my thoughts uh, and observations and, and also just some thoughts and observations on the extended future of music lessons. So short term, I think something that I'm experiencing out here, and I think over a little bit of time, we'll probably move across the country as lots of things that uh, kind of start out on the West Coast, or, or I guess I would just say in your larger metropolitan areas, um, you know, eventually make their way to other parts of the country. And I think in the short term for 2022, we're going to experience labor issues more and more. And let me, let me go a little bit deeper into that. It, it's a few things. It's not necessarily that we're not paying people enough um, or, or what it would seem to be enough. You know, I've always paid my employees uh, really well, higher than what they would make at a lot of other music schools. We recently just gave uh, a salary increase to all of our teachers and doing some different rates, higher rate for in-person versus online. And, you know, we're giving every employee, 15, 16 people that work for us, a $200 Christmas bonus this year um, using a little bit of money we still had sitting there from, uh, you know, PPE and things like that, or PPP. And, um, you know, and... In general, I have kept my teachers for a long period of time. It, it, it's easy, you know, I'm going through a few issues with a couple people right now that they just want to work less, they're playing gigs more and things like that. And to me, it seems like they haven't been with us very long. But when I really look at it, it's like, oh, well, this guy's almost been with us more than four years. And this guy's at least two and a half, three years. I mean, it's it's pretty long. I have teachers that have been with us seven, eight years. I mean, nobody that's with us right now is less than a couple of years. So in general, for a smaller business and what we do, 
I think that that's really, really good. I do talk to, you know, parents coming from other schools and stuff like that. And that is something they've talked a lot about is teacher turnover. And I think there's a couple of reasons that I've had really long retention with our employees. And a lot of that comes down to just that Corey and I and Brian, we all three have extensive experience managing people. And on top of that, then we're treating them really well. But what we are running into is there is a twofold situation happening. The cost of living, obviously always higher here in California, but it, you know, it has kind of hit a point now where it, it's, it's really tough for certain areas and, and certain segments of the population. So what some of the teachers are running into is that even at $35, $36, $37 an hour working for us, you know, you, it's not a 40-hour work week. Even though I could give teachers a 40-hour work week in a lot of cases, it's difficult to do the job for 40 hours in a week. It's just pretty taxing, um, you know, because the teachers that are, you know, at that higher hourly rate and are doing 30, you know, 35 hours or so, they're, they're kind of doing okay with it. But, you know, the teacher has to have 30, 40, 45 students to kind of financially get in that situation where this is all they do and that's enough for them to get by. So, you know, a couple things are happening. Teachers are needing to supplement their income, which isn't unheard of um, for sure, you know, and a lot of them are playing gigs again, which is great. There's been kind of this big increase in that. So they've all, a lot of the teachers have jumped back into playing gigs, probably maybe too much, right? They're just taking every gig they can get. Uh, and that's going to wear off. But also what we're you know, seeing is teachers teaching independently outside of our school, taking on some students where they can keep all the money and just look at it, you know, that they're getting a $50 an hour, $60 an hour type of income. But I think it, it's very possible that all of us that are in those higher cost of living areas could experience problems where our teachers are wanting to do more and more and more independent teaching outside of your school, even if you're treating them good and doing all the right things. And, you know, it's also not uncommon for them. You know, they have to do what they have to do. Like you, you have to understand that and you have to have sympathy and not sympathy, but empathy for their situation, even though deep down, I kind of know, well, you know, things change over time through thick and thin, you know, us as an employer, we were really there for you through the pandemic and kept all of them working, you know, when people were out of jobs. And, you know, I think a lot of the teachers do appreciate those kind of things. Um, you know, my teachers being employees, they, there's certain benefits and protections that they have that they're not going to have. And, you know, it might seem great in the short run to make, you know, a higher salary driving to people's houses. But eventually we all know kind of for most teachers where the burnout comes in with that kind of thing. So some of it, you know, when I speak to these teachers, it might seem a little short-sighted to me, but I, I have to empathize with them and their situation and what they want to do at this time. But I think across the country, we could see more of 
music schools, you know, that have facilities that we all have costs increasing may struggle where employees are just, even if you're doing the right thing, they, they may just need to teach independently more to make the type of money that they need to make to survive. So that's something I think we want to keep an eye on. Um, you know, it can shift back and forth quite easily. And clearly we're going through, you know, there's peaks and valleys in the labor world. And, you know, it's a very, um, you know, it's bullish for employees right now, right? It's a good time to be an employee. You have a lot of leverage right now, whereas most of the time, most of the time through history, the employer really has a lot of leverage. And, you know, having come from a corporate environment for years and, just seeing how a lot of small businesses treat their employees, there, there is a, almost a deserved, like, you know, FU going on to employers that over the years have treated people pretty crappy, you know? I think we treat people really good, and overall, I'm not having a problem, but I'm seeing a trend, um, you know, emerging. Now, the other side of this whole thing, has nothing to do with the cost of living and has nothing to do with what we're paying people or how you're treating them, really. Um, the other thing that we're seeing is just a general change in the mindset of what's important to people and what isn't. So, and I experienced this personally. What the pandemic has made a lot of people think about is all these things that we think are so important could just end overnight. Right. And if that's the case, that just it could all come crashing down, you should live life to the fullest while you can. And so, you know, I, for example, have a teacher that's been with me for a long time. Great, great teacher. You know, she's always kind of been like going to school and she she always had another job along with teaching with us. But, you know, I've always, you know, for a year or two, I've been trying to get her to, you know, take more, you know, add another day or something like that. And she's just three, four days. and pretty full all the time with us and coaches a band and everything. And she's doing great. She's not looking to quit or anything, but this change in pandemic kind of forced her to go do some things that she hadn't done. And, you know, it sounds weird to say travel was one of those things during the pandemic, but once things kind of opened up, you know, maybe over the summer or recently, you know, she traveled to Europe for the first time. And so now she's kind of got that bug where, she really wants to like maybe work less and go on these adventures. And me, I, I can't blame the person for feeling that way. I actually kind of promote that type of thinking in a lot of ways and myself included. I mean, I made a huge life change. There's no way. I mean, I was definitely thinking about moving, you know, pre pandemic. I kind of had this plan of trying to move to the mountains and run the business from where I was, you know, from home and, and things like that. That was something I was working towards. But the pandemic really made me go, you know what? I'm going to make this big life change. And, you know, so I'm experiencing, you know, this whole new change of living in a different area and a different environment and different lifestyle. And, you know, it's, it's so far been a very positive thing for me, you know, and I probably wouldn't have made this call. I'm sure I wouldn't have made this call to move where I did if the pandemic hadn't happened. So I think that this is a common thing that we're seeing is that people are saying, man, I've been, 
I'm just working all the time, you know, going to school and working two jobs or working, you know, 50 hours at a corporate gig trying to get ahead just so I can afford to pay for this BMW. And I think we're seeing a change where people are going, who cares about a BMW, right? Like just, just drive a used truck and go live your life and do the things you want to do and enjoy it and play music. And, you know, and, and some of my teachers are kind of expressing more of that when it comes to like, you know, I, I want to just play more music and record more music and, you know, those changes are happening. So, you know, we can't fight that. All we can do is try to work around that and, you know, work with those employees. You know, uh, that's what I'm trying to do is, you know, I have a couple teachers that we are going to over a period of time here scale back some of their teaching duties, give them less students and give them some other types of things to do with us, more bands or things like that, that they really enjoy to give them a schedule that works well for them so that they can continue to work for us. I can benefit from those good employees. They can benefit by keeping their relationships with us and, and something stable and secure, but maybe have the time to do more music or travel or whatever it is that they want to do. So I just think it's really in the short term over the next year, probably maybe two years. I think we're going to be seeing a lot of that. So, you know, that, that's a, that's kind of the big takeaway, I guess that I have as far as the near future, um, along with just, you know, the challenges obviously that we're still facing of, you know, things kind of moving back and forth all the time of what kind of classes we can do. I think in general, you know, there's never going to be, we're, we're, we're well past where there'd be any kind of big lockdowns anymore. It's just not going to happen. And I think that people, although there's always going to be a certain reluctance for a while, there's plenty of people ready to jump back in and you can do your group classes or your bands, your kids rock, little kid band classes, um, you know, in-person private lessons, if you want to do that for sure, you know. And potentially you may be able to do that even at a higher level than what you were doing before, because there's an interest. The interest I feel in some ways is higher right now than it was pre-pandemic. It is, you know, I think a difficult time and it's going to stay difficult over the next two years for a small business owner that is kind of caught in between of, you know, trying to maintain their business make the employees safe and happy, make customers safe and happy when there's a lot of divide, you know, regarding what we should be doing. And, you know, it, it, it's annoying to spend 20, 30 minutes on the phone getting somebody signed up. And the last question they ask you is whether their kid is going to have to wear a mask and then they lose it on you when you say yes. You know, like to me, that is a horribly unreasonable human, even, even if that's, where they're coming from, you know, if that's their choice, that they don't want their child to be in any kind of class like that, which is fine for them to make the choice, regardless of how my, you know, my personal feelings are regarding the science and things like that. Um, for them to have that attitude towards, you know, a small business owner that's just trying to navigate these difficult times, that person can fuck off as far as I'm concerned. They're an asshole. But you know, we're, you know, obviously we're dealing with a certain amount of that and that just makes things tougher for all of us to be profitable and get more students. 
The other side of that is, though, that a, a good majority of the people that I'm signing up or talking to are very understanding and reasonable and understand the challenges that all of us are facing. Don't get upset that things aren't exactly like they used to be. You just work with it and you go with the flow, right? And uh, so hopefully that's in the near future here, it, that just gets easier. You know, the more that people have had to deal with it, the easier those things will get to be. So that's kind of the issues, I guess, that I see sort of facing us. I think, again, though, there is a big opportunity. There's a lot of people looking for lessons. If I were doing it the old way, if I still had all my buildings and was 100% all in on in-person lessons all the time, um, just what I'm seeing as far as leads and, and I, I could be, you know, I could have really taken advantage of this time with just my, you know, presence online and having the established website and established authority uh, in the area compared to my competitors, I could definitely be be crushing it um you know we're doing fine going in the direction and making the changes that we want to make which i'll talk a little bit more here in the next section but um you know if, if you've been doing pretty good to me right now would be the time to really amp up your game in your marketing your customer follow-up just all the simple stuff because you know, there are places that went out of business. Um, I have talked to several parents just recently, you know, that um, we're going to some kind of school in our area that's closing. I got a voicemail yesterday from a parent who, who said the Yamaha School of Music that's kind of in the parking lot down where we have a location was closing. So anytime that's happening, if you're the one that sticks around and can continue to thrive from that you're in a good position. So if that's happening, I would say it's better to be bullish on your marketing, spend some money on your marketing, you know, get that, you know, get your emails dialed in, get your website dialed in all the things that maybe you've been procrastinating or wanting to do. Now is the time to emerge from all of this as the authority, the powerhouse, the one that stuck around, the one that's thriving in a tough environment. So that would be my recommendation to, um, to anybody right now. All right. So what is in store in the long term for lessons or what are my thoughts regarding that? Well, I think for sure we're going to keep moving towards an online environment. I think it's inevitable. I think it's going to take longer than maybe what I initially thought. Um, and uh, let me frame that a little bit with just sort of some of the things I'm experiencing with, you know, selling online lessons. I do want to say first that, you know, about 70% of my businesses online were, were kind of this hybrid mix. So if you haven't been following along, we do any student 12 and older for the most part, a couple exceptions here and there, but 12 and up, we do online for guitar, piano, voice. Our drum lessons, though, are all in person, whether it's kids, adults, whatever. We do kids rock, little kid band classes in person, of course. And we have our teen, you know, rock bands meeting in person. Our adult band camp meets in person. So we're kind of a hybrid. Oh, and kids that are too old for kids rock or on that verge, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 
we're doing some limited in-person at the school for those students. Because, you know, a nine-year-old, it could go either way on online learning. So, but I, I feel strongly that 12, 13 and above, that online is best for certain instruments. <clears throat> and I think it's going to continue to go that way. What I am experiencing, though, is, you know, because we are trying to move towards doing a lot of, like, older, you know, teens, uh, young adults, older adults, guitar lessons online. And I am really, like, something that I wasn't prepared for is how many, like, 35-year-old and up people are horrifically technology challenged, like are so anti-computer and can't do basic functions on a computer. It's really surprising. Regardless of like the industry they work in, they could be a doctor, whatever, financial analyst, and they're not good on a, in technology. I guess I wasn't expecting that. I, I kind of put my own, you know, I, I'm a tech guy. I love all that stuff. So I'm, I'm good at it and I'm on top of it. And I guess I just thought there was more people like that. And I, and there probably is, and I'm not finding those people, but you know, I'm shocked at how many I talk to who say, well, sure. You'd like to do an online guitar lesson. You're young. And then I go, well, I'm 54. And I, it turns out I'm 10 years older than the person I'm talking to. They just seem old. I don't know. They just seem old. It's the rock and roll, I guess that's kept me young. But, um, so that's a challenge. Although, like I said, I haven't specifically been marketing to on the online business. I've primarily utilized our existing strength and authority of our web presence to just attract leads without really saying on our website it's online or it's in person. And, and it's a little hard for me to do that because we offer these different things. So I'd rather just get them to contact me and then um, allow me to you know, sell them depending on their situation on, on what they want. So I do think that we are going to have to start to focus on if we believe that the online business is, you know, something we want to really continue to work on, which I do believe it is. Um, I'm going to have to start to really, you know, market to those people and find that consumer that's out there. I will have to reach outside of my area, I think as well. But Although it might take longer, I think it's inevitable that we're going to hit that tipping point. It's just when is that tipping point? So, you know, as I was talking to my partners and, you know, how I'm experiencing this pushback from 40-year-old guitar students, you know, when I'm trying to sell it, I had to think about the fact that, you know, the writing is on the wall that the shopping mall was going away. It just took a while. The writing's on the wall that car dealerships are going to be gone. You know, I'm sure, and I've talked about it before, that that first website that said, we're going to sell cars online to the consumer, sight unseen. They're going to finance it through us. We're going to drop it off on a trailer and give them a return policy. I'm sure tons of investors and I'm sure the old guard in the audio and auto industry and the car dealerships, which let's face it, is probably run by Older people probably just laughed at that and thought it's never going to happen. And those same people were saying the internet is a fad. You know, we thought that at Guitar Center, that people wouldn't sp spend money on expensive musical equipment online, sight unseen. And that's where most of the music equipment sales happens now. And it didn't really take that long for that change to happen. So 
I do believe that music lessons are going to continue to go that way. And it's important to remember that it, it already has gone that way. It's growing exponentially all the time. Learning musical instruments, along with learning lots of other skills, is primarily moving to an online format. You know, and obviously it just depends on the person and what it is that you want to learn. Do I really, you know, there's just my, you know, me for, I'll just use examples of things I've been doing. I've been learning how to, you know, taking a class to get my uh, certification to be a notary in California. Don't, it's a whole nother story why. Um, you know, I was offered, hey, you can come and do a class. It's six hours long and then you take the test or you can just do it online. Take the test whenever you want. Well, obviously, I just took an online course. I mean, it's just information. There's no skill they need to teach me. Um, you know, uh, I'm going to do some paragliding in the spring. Yes, it's a physical activity. I'm going to actually go take classes, uh, you know, in a physical location. It's a, something you have to do physically. Um, however, I'm learning a ton online and all the places that I look at, in addition to coming to them to work with an instructor and have them take you out to sites to do it, they all have supplemental online classes and courses. You know, when you want to learn about weather, right, which is part of any aviation, weather is a huge element. You don't need to be sitting in a classroom with an instructor. While he points at a board and goes, is this a cumulus cloud or a nimbus cloud? I can just do that online. The visuals are going to be better. Just everything about that is going to be better online. So obviously, you know, there's just, and then there's things that are kind of in between. Like, you know, I do some woodworking. I've learned all that just watching videos. Uh, I want to learn to weld. It's kind of a physical, you know, there's a physical element to that. I can easily learn how to do that online. Um, yeah, it'd be great to be able to ask questions online, but the technology is there to do all those kind of things. So over time, we're going to hit a tipping point. I just don't know when that is of, is there an age group, right? That in the near future is going to go, what? You go to a car dealership. How, who still does that? You know, when is it that we're just going to say stuff like that? The... 20 year old right now, you know, they look at those things much differently than the 40 year old does, right? Because we remember, oh, it used to all be a certain way. And there's always that pushback from an, the old guard in every industry and, and the older crowd. You know, there's pushback from us to kids under us saying, you know, well, we didn't, you know, do TikTok and we walked to school both ways in the snow and all those things. And you know what? Some of it's true. I did walk to school both ways in the freezing snow and got on my bicycle in the summer and rode miles and miles away from home when I was 10 years old. And nobody lets their kids do that now. So, yeah, it, it, you know, there's going to be this tipping point where people are going to go, wait, you go to a music store and sit like you drive across town and sit in a room with some guy and and do the guitar lesson like that instead of just doing it online or 
you don't just you know, do your telehealth with your doctor first before you go see them or therapy or, you know, anything like that. I think there's just always this crossover period of people that want things to be the way that it was and, and people that are moving towards something new. So, and, and I, what I was touching on before is if you really look at music lessons, I mean, you know, the biggest drum lesson influencer in the world is an online instructor by a long shot, right? It's not even close who's next after him. Um, Scott's Bass online website that, you know, I, I won't, you know, I have a little insider information about some of the numbers, but it's way beyond anything you would ever believe as far as dollar figures coming in. It's hundreds and hundreds of thousands of dollars a month sometimes coming into that website. So it's huge, right? Probably the, there's probably more people learning bass right there, you know, than tons of our music schools put together. Maybe all of our music schools put together in the United States aren't doing as much business as one bass website does. You know, I, I don't have a lot of bass students. I don't know about you guys, but I've never had many bass students. Um, you know, there's tons of online guitar sites that do huge, huge business. It's not going the other direction. It's still just growing exponentially every year. So the move is going to happen because the technology is going to catch up. It's just going to get better and better. Think about people doing their guitar lesson in the VR world, you know, in the metaverse, right? Where it just looks like you guys are sitting in Abbey Road studio. That's the environment you're sitting in. You're looking down at your guitar so you can see the guitar that you're holding in your hands. So you have the tactile element of the physical element of holding it, but you can also see it. But you're also kind of looks like your teacher is just sort of standing two feet away from you working with you. So, yeah, they're not really there. They can't touch you or touch your guitar. But. Most of the teachers that I talk to, they don't reach over in a live lesson and move people's fingers around on the guitar. You know, most people don't want to be touched. Most teachers don't want to touch other people. Like, those days are over. They've been over before the pandemic. It's only going to go more in that direction. So, it's going to happen. It's just how long and what end of you know, the scope you want to be on are, you know, you might be out of the industry by the time that, that really, that change really happens. I might be, um, you know, or you might be thinking about really setting yourself up for the future of lessons. I think courses are going to continue to be a thing. You know, for me personally, if I were learning, if I want to pick up any kind of chops or skills on drums, there's not really anything that I can't get off of a, watching a video um, drum lesson wise versus me sitting next to a drum instructor. You know, I mean, I, you know, I'm already at a level where I can read the music, I can see what he's doing and I can hear, okay, I know what that is. I just need to like get better at the skills of doing it. Um, you know, so if you're a guitar player that's been playing for two years, you know, is, is the teacher really need to, help you place your fingers on the neck for anything? Probably not. Is it really just learning the concepts and understanding, you know, the theory better and 
being critiqued and here's what I'm hearing that you need to change and those types of things moving forward. So again, I see it, you know, being different for a kid getting started, a younger child might always do better in an in-person environment, but probably that's going to continue to move in the other direction. You know, if any of us, myself or most of you listeners decided I'm going to go back to school and get a degree in something, you would probably do it online. You know, I mean, would you go to the community college and drive over there every day or whatever it is? Probably not. So I think the long term is still going to be this move as technology just increases and increases convenience factors, people's desire to live wherever they want to live, maybe not have to be right next to the music school, those kind of things. As that continues to evolve and change, I wouldn't sit, go as far as to say that the independent music school that's in a brick building, you know, in the downtown of some area is going to completely go away because there's always going to be ways of trying to make that unique and offer something that can't be done online. But it probably will get tougher to come up with, well, what is it that I'm benefiting from by going to your facility and parking and driving and blah, 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 versus doing it online? You know, you'll have to get really creative about the experience. There is some shopping that I like to do in person, but it's few and far between. Most of the time, I'm aggravated if I have to go shop somewhere. I only go to certain places, good bike shops. I love a good bike shop, REI, because it makes this experience. So for me, it's still kind of fun to go to REI. My girlfriend loves to go to Costco. Like, she loves Costco. You know, me not so much. I, I you know, I love what Costco does, but, I, you know, I, just crowds and people and waiting in line, all those things, just I get aggravated very quickly. So... And, and I would have to say in the bike shop world, I probably have still bought more stuff online in the last couple of years for a, by a long shot versus what I've drove to the bike shop to look at. You know, it, it, the, the go to the bike shop has become a, a more like, I'm going to do a little outing and go to my favorite burger joint, hit the bike shop, look around, smell the smells of a bike shop, which I love. If you don't love the way a cool, good bike shop smells, man, I, I don't know. I might not be your friend. It, you know, but you go in, look around, enjoy those things, see what's new. But quite often, my purchases, it just happens online. I go, oh, I need to get new pedals. I just ordered a new bike. So I have a new mountain bike coming, ordered it 100% online from the manufacturer. They ship it to a local dealer near me and let me know when it's there waiting. And I, yeah, so did it all online, but I'm going to go to the bike shop to get it. You know, hybrid type of retail. And they do that for a couple of reasons. Um, they could have shipped it to my house. Um, and your local dealer still gets the credit for the sale, which is cool, you know. Going there to pick it up, I might purchase something else for the bike. But other things like the type of pedals I needed for that bike, I've ordered online already. Just so many things just don't require that travel. And again, I can live wherever I want, you know, because when I go to get that bike, I do have to drive about an hour and 20 minutes <laughs> to get to that shop. Um, you know, again, I chose to live in the middle of nowhere. So 
there's all those factors. And if people want to travel and people want to live this different type of lifestyle, and again, all of this could probably change again. There'll be, you know, there is moves back into, there's always this give and take back and forth over the years, right? People move in to the cities and then there's always an exodus from the city back to the suburbs. And then people move from the suburbs back into the city. It's, this is, you know, if you look at it over time, this is a reoccurring thing. It's not really about the current economic times or whatever's going on. This always happens. If you're interested in that kind of stuff, because it does help me from a business standpoint, an amazing YouTube channel to watch is Geography King. And the gentleman, it's funny because his videos look like he's, it's like 1980, but they're current. Um, and uh, he is, you know, a legitimate geography expert. He worked for FEMA, worked on like um, disaster planning and things like that. Great, great stuff. Does lots of things about gentrification, this whole, you know, city to the suburbs, cost of living in different parts of the country. Just, it's so interesting. And he's just delivers it very, very well in a nonpartisan, uh, you know, type of delivery. Uh, he is a guy that grew up in California in the Central Valley of California, which is primarily like the farm country of California, but now he lives in Tennessee. So he's kind of moved all over, two different perspectives. Great stuff. Can't say enough about Geography King. Check it out. Lots of good business information, even though it's a geography channel. So anyway, that's kind of where I think we're going to end up. Um, you know, there might be hybrids of these things put together. And the same way that for me, like going to the bike shop once in a while is kind of like an outing, you know, that might be where music lessons go, where it's like, well, the weekly lesson, I just do it online. It's convenient. I'm getting all the same things out of it. But we go to the concert in person. We play a concert in person. We rehearse as a band in person. Different combinations of those things. So you get that outing and experience and let's chat with other families and meet other people and you do all that. But the day-to-day, -day, um, you know, like just common thing that you have to do in whatever industry it is might happen online. So it's going to keep going that way. Um, it's not something I think anyone, if you have a brick and mortar store, by all means, you don't think, you know, there's no need that you have to worry that you got to make this switch tomorrow. It's not going to happen that quickly. Um, it's going to take some time. And when is that tipping point of when people are going to, you know, look at it the way we look at, you know, like young kids, the way they look at a shopping mall where they're like, I don't really know what that is. You know, when is that going to happen? I don't know. But uh, it's going to happen at some point. So that is it for today, guys. I hope everyone is ready to have a great holiday season and get, take some time off, get motivated to kick ass in 2022. I am still offering my active campaign offer. And uh, active campaigns have been doing some cool. They're constantly updating. They're always, you know, updating the software and adding new features. And uh, they've been doing some specials. So, you know, feel free to check the website. I will leave my Active Campaign affiliate link in the show notes here. And uh, if you sign up for Active Campaign using my affiliate link, I will do a free 60 minute call with you to go through Active Campaign or help you kind of strategize with that. Or we can just do a deep dive of your business if you want to do a 60 minute 
little deep dive, um, you know, just kind of do an analysis, a seven levers deep dive of your business. Um, you can also just simply email me at dannymusicfactory at gmail.com. I answer every email. If you want to hook up and do some coaching, we can do it on an a la carte hourly basis. Um, I'll do a deep dive, help you with marketing, help you with employees, whatever you need. We'll do a little chat and make sure it's a good fit, and then uh, we can schedule it from there. Uh, I'll put all that in the show notes, or just simply email me, dannymusicfactory at gmail.com. And uh, that's it. I'm going to uh, pick up my new bike, do some more mountain biking out here while the weather is still good, still in the uh, 60s during the day. Quite lovely. Get the house ready here for uh, the Christmas visit. All right, everybody. We will talk to you soon.